Yankee gunboat come this way Uncle Sam gonna save the day Come tomorrow we all gonna pay And it's burn, baby, burn When am I gonna get my turn? Welcome to Tales from the East End, episode 83, and it is me, as usual, Gary P, with the prof, Carl Riley. How are you? So we're going to review the Sligo game and look forward to Friday's trip to Bally Buffet. What's your pronunciation of that, actually? Bally Buffet. Bally Buffet, is it? Not Bally Buffy. Yeah. What is the right pronunciation? I'm just sticking with my own one. Similar to uh, Pat Holbin. I refuse to say that other way. <laughs> ha Holbin. Even if he himself says it's, Which he it's does. the other way, yeah. <laughs> I don't care. I'd like to hear you interview him. Uh, there's an interview with Luke Proctor and the draw has been made for the last 16 from questions from the East End and Greg Bulger and Sean Boyd shook their ball bags and did the honours at the Rollstone so they did what? Y- you'll find out about all the matchups soon so of course we are still sponsored by Camille Toy Takeaway Televillage and it is still gorgeous and um, it's all about the spicy hoisin duck this week so check it out match day special Tifties and it is tenor for a main and a drink, and it is gorgeous. So um, we will move on, and we will give our best wishes to Robbie Horgan, who has had a severe health scare, dropped out of town FC, made a post on Facebook about it, and he's very sick in the ICU, and has been for two weeks, so we wish him all the best and to recover yeah. quickly. All the best, Robbie. We interviewed him a couple of years ago. Obviously, popular goalkeeper in his time. The only man to ever play in Milltown and Tala. That's right. So uh, we wish him all the best. And we are having a big push for this one. It is Polish Night versus UCD Friday week. UCD at home, scarf swapping station, Polish Night. Hope to get some sort of Polish grub in as well. It's gonna. We're inviting every Polish national in. Any national you can come in, any nationality, but it is a Polish Night. So come on down. And. Ginobri. Uh, yeah, looking forward to welcoming them to uh, Stadion Tala. Stadion Tala, yeah. Lech Rovers. Um, Gary, I know you're very involved lately with sort of uh, trying to get people to tally. You got this Polish night and everything, but yeah, there's a lot of us. There's a few of us. We have a a, a committee, committee, as Robbie Gaffney would say. But uh, have you not heard Aussie Nate at you? Go on, give us. Aussie. Is it involved the weather and the sun? I think you should give this a chance, right? Go because on. he's brought this up a couple of times now. The Irish for tala literally means plague pit. The plague pit. Really? Mm. Go on. That's what it literally means. Plague pit. We could rename the South Stand the Plague Pit. So Ozzy suggests that we go, like, go full on with this, you know, like graveyards, dressing up as zombies. <laughs> go for it. What could go wrong? You serious? That's what he wants. <laughs> Should let him organise it. Uh, the Plague Pit. That's actually a cool name for a stand. Uh, That's what the North Stand's going to be called. The Plague Pit. So we beat Sligo 3 0. At Tala last week, and Brads are went with the same team again as expected, and I think that's something we spoke about, wasn't it? About not knowing our best eleven, and I think we've nailed it down now at this stage. And we Dan Carr, Ronan Finn scored our first goals of the season, and Jack Byrne netting <laughs> his first for the club, and an all-round great performance. So I heard a man so surprised by a player to score. <laughs> 
<laughs> fucking clown on the PA. Mick McCarthy, uh, Robbie Keane, and Stephen Kenny all watching in the stands. And uh, yeah, poor old Mark Welch wasn't happy about the weather, was he? How many posts do you make about the weather? It's about five. Yeah, I know he's uh, he's not a happy man. Even though it was raining, Gar, I think uh, me. And See, I wouldn't know because it was in the posh seats, prof. So me and Arish went straight from work to this game. Uh, you're Mrs. Arish, so we cut the second half. And even though it was raining, I'm pretty sure she broke the sound barrier. For what? As in the speed she went at. Oh yeah, to she's good. Isn't she? She's like a rally driver, isn't she? When she wants to get where she's going. Holy jeez. She's good, isn't she? <laughs> I can only imagine you in the front seat. <laughs> Uh, so we got in got in so so fast we actually had time for a point at half time there you go and uh, I took it on my phone right and I'm trying to be professional here because I know I have to interview Brad after the game and I have to I have to blag my way through the interview about the first half because I've not seen it so I'm just sort of like I'm asking the other people like oh what do you think of the performance and all that so, so I go right I'll open WhatsApp I'll open the WhatsApp group get a feel for the performance right first thing that pops up a pair of boobs. <laughs> well, who was there? Right? And then Brenda Murray goes by me and it's like, oh, hi, Carl. Hold my phone with a pair of boobs <laughs> on the screen. And then there's this awkward moment. Rob Lavelle. So it's him looking at your phone, you looking at him, both he's <laughs> looking at each other, and he's just like, Carl's a creep. You know that awkward three seconds where it's like, I just, I can't even say anything about this. I just need to let the moment go. Carl's looking at tits in the suite. Rob Lavelle decided it'd be a good time to send us all Smut at half time. I'm there trying to find info on the game, and now the Rover CEO and Arish think I'm a pervert. Do you know what? Actually, thank I, you, Rob. Yeah, <laughs> I actually know. Yeah, I, I know the poster talking about delete. Um, yeah, so I was doing PA for the game and I had great crack doing it. I was covering for Connor, who wasn't sure if he was going to make it or not because he uh, he had an operation, but he he slotted back in for me 10 minutes before time at the leg. But uh, I had great crack doing it. It was really cool. Enjoy the view up there. Yeah, the view is class. Bar the concrete wall, kind of like pats to the little bit to the right of you. But uh, other than that, it was it was fantastic. It was it was a great crack. And so, what sort of prep is involved? Do you have to sort of like scare the slide? You're giving notes. You're just giving notes. You're giving, sure you a, giving a team sheet. You're giving the notes. You're giving what to say beforehand. Uh, none of the plugs were on this on the script. By the way, that was all thrown <laughs> in. Uh, you, you get. Post match, pre match, half time, junior hoops, promotion, uh, sponsors, all that stuff, and uh, announcing the the goal scorers, announcing the subs. It's all pretty cool, yeah. You have to be on your game, like you have to pay attention. You can't just jump up and celebrate. I, at one stage, I think I, I jumped up to clap for Jack Borton, who like announced the fucking goal. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah. I could just see Mark McCadden looking at the side of his eyes. Do you like? Yeah. What's he jumping up and down for? Yeah, so no, it was good crack altogether. I definitely need to do it again, but I'll leave it up to Connor for the, to up to the pros for the time being. So if anyone ever has a, another surgery, I'll slot back in there. Um, yeah. So next up, we have the Gog, uh, stepping in and interviewing Luke Proctor. Right, Luke. Can you tell me how long you have been following Shamrock Rovers? Uh, as a full-on Shamrock Rovers fan, uh, you could say probably the last 11 years. Uh, I used, went to a couple of Rovers games the odd 15, 16 years ago, but it was really kind of just like, you know, a passerby fan. I didn't really take too much notice. Uh, but a great friend of mine, Paula Sullivan, really, really got me on the ball for Rovers. So I became a proper full-time fan 10, 11 years ago. And uh, 
yeah, I, I'm kicking myself that I should have done a long time ago. But when you fall in love with something, that's the best part. So don't look back. So you were hooked. So um, where are you from? Where am I from? I'm from uh, Knockline, but uh, basically I might as well be based in Tallaght because I'm up here every week. So it's uh, pretty much a combination of both. So when Rovers moved to Tallaght, that really suited you then? It's great because it's only like 10, 15 minutes down the road and uh, when you're going up to a stadium that you love, a club that you really love and you get on with and the people and the football and everything that's involved in it, it's, it's nothing, it's great. And what was your first game? My first game uh, was on a Monday night. It was Shamrock Rovers versus Drogheda and uh, Rovers won out 2-0. Um, nearly certain Gary Twigg scored that night. Decent crowd too and uh, it was the, like, you know, the second year building of the Michael O'Neill era and you could see things were going and you could see the atmosphere was building and... Uh, as I said, it's like when you fall in love with something, it's just, it was a great atmosphere and it was just, yeah, after one game, a proper good game, you're, it hooks you on to, for the rest. So you were hooked on it once you attended that first game? I was, because when you see everything that's involved with the club and the amount of, like, when I looked around, not just the football, and as they say, the untrained eye, when you look at all the volunteers on all different sides of what they do, could be program sellers, could be match tickets, this, that and the other, you can see everyone has a general interest, not just for the sake of it. And when you look at all those aspects that Shamrock Rovers involve, offside the pitch and outside and around and then obviously you were doing the business on the pitch yeah it's it's great it's brilliant what would you say has been your standout moment from the 10 years of Rovers and Tala I would say the, the, I'd say my top three would be because there's so many good ones but I'd say the top three was uh, the 3-0 against Bowes uh, that day with Gary Twig uh, that was a very interesting uh, funny reason kind of game with Gary Twig getting that goal and the whole place going Kablamo. Um, the Europa League was a, a journey I'll never forget, and um, I, I'd say just that that final season with Michael Neal and funny characters like Jim Magilton and you know Twig and big characters in there like Sivez and Dan Marie, like that that spell was it was a lovely, really good nostalgic spell. It was great fun. And you mentioned a few players there, but who would you say has been your own favourite player? It's a very hard one to pick uh, between Stephen Rice and Craig Sivers because Stephen Rice was like your ultimate Captain Fantastic. He was just like a real Roy Keane figure. He was his own man, and I love that about him. But uh, Craig Sivers for me was just—he was a magnificent defender, but a very, very funny guy off the pitch. Just uh, I loved him. He was a great guy, great guy. And uh, do you get to uh, any of the away games? I do, yeah. I get it to around maybe say five, six games a year uh, for away. Uh, I should really go tomorrow. That's a complaint. I will give out about myself. And um, I like, like, let's say, I have never been to Dundalk. That's the one way game I'd like to go to. But I've been told many times, but absolutely, you know yourself. So try get to it next year. Uh, not the favourite venue of Rovers fans. No, I've heard. Well, the one thing that always annoys me is uh, about many clubs is. I think a lot of way fans are treated like royalty when they come to Rovers because we have a magnificent stadium, facilities, and then I think it's very unfair the amount of reports you read on social media the Rovers fans have been treated this, that and the other, and I don't think they deserve that because they're going down for a day out like anyone else, and I don't think they get the rub of the green that other clubs should give them, and I think it's only fair. Well, especially in Dundalk from what we can gather. Uh, absolutely, um, yes. Um, how do you travel to the games? Uh, I'd usually drive or car share um, my friend Paul used to be great like we'd go down to the odd game or two or um, then you've got your supporters buses as well what's the furthest you've gone in Ireland for a Rovers game uh, well I've never been to I'd love to go to Sligo and uh, well I was at Rovers in Galway United a couple of years ago that was great fun I had a lot of family down in Galway so like and I've, I've a soft spot in my heart for, for Galway as well because a few in the family sport Galway so that's always a, a fun trip have you gone any further on uh, any European games? 
I have. I was at the famous game in Modena, uh, and that was an experience to say the least. Uh, that was magnificent when Rovers were beaten by Juventus and Del Piero got that amazing goal. But uh, you could see everyone, even though they they might have lost the game, but you could see like it felt like a victory for what they achieved to get that far and. You could see the fans in Modine and over boat legs. You know, it was a great achievement and it brought a lot of connection. I felt. Were you one of the fans that nice ship to the waist in the Lesson Rain? I was. I was. I remember, I was standing beside Rovers fan uh, Tony Burney and Paul O'Connell, and uh, then I remember looked down and I think Jason Maloney thrown his t-shirt away. It was that wet, and half the Rovers fans were were absolutely soaked. But there were people were just dancing in the rain. It tops off having a laugh and just cheering the Rovers. It was, it was. I've never seen rain like it, but it was just. It didn't matter. It was great fun. And just coming back home, um, what do you look forward to in terms of rivalry? I love the way, you know, from a realistic point of view. Uh, well, that's one thing I like about the League of Ireland is, you know, there's when when teams really put the effort in. Like you only have to look at Rovers and Bows whether it's home or away in Daly Mount or Tala, it's a packed out stadium, it's atmosphere, and there might it might be maybe five and a half, maybe max 6,000, but it feels like a 50,000-seater stadium because it's the atmosphere and the passion that both sides generate. And, you know, I know both clubs might, you know, say that particular derby, both clubs might slag each other, but I think both feed off and need each other to a good extent because who doesn't like getting up in the morning for knowing it's derby day? It's it's the best feeling you can ever you imagine. And the atmosphere between the two is electric. And speaking of the atmosphere, what do you think of the atmosphere in the new South Stand? I think it's brilliant. Uh, I think the all the supporters groups, all the different types of like uh, supporters groups, and the singing section. I think they deserve so much praise. Uh, like the colourful display they had a couple of weeks ago for the Derry game was fascinating. I loved it, and the social media side that the rover what the rovers put on, the way you can look back at it on, on the on, on Facebook and that. I think it's amazing, and uh, I just think there's there's a real good positive vibe about this season, and you can see it's already with the results. Thanks be to God, touch wood. It feeds off that new south stand, and uh, I think it's I think it's man- magnificent to look at so far. What's your own favourite spot on the ground? I would say. It's hard to say. I mean, I individually like what each stand holds. Uh, the South Stand is becoming a new favourite. Um, I mean, the East Stand gave so many great memories over the years. But uh, I love the vibe off the main stand because it kind of has every different character in there. You know, I know it's predominantly a family stand, but I like the way you might have the odd East Stand member in there, you know, regular fan, family member, you know, a new group. And what I like about the main stand as well is they're attracting a lot of new families. And the more new people you generate, the better for the club, which is good. And you were talking about characters. Who's the funniest Rovers fan you've ever met yourself? There's a lot of Rovers fans I've met over the years um, that I think are very, very funny. And one particular fan, I hope he doesn't mind me saying his name, I'd have to say Jason Maloney. I'd know Jason to say, you know, hi, how are you, that kind of thing. But I think I can speak for a lot of Rovers fans where, you know, Jason's the type of guy, you know, you could bump into him. And even if you didn't know him, you'd become a great friend to him in, in a couple of seconds. He's a very, very passionate fan. And I... I I like a lot of Rovers fans love to hear what he has to say on Facebook after and even it's not Rovers related he'll write some fascinating story about football that has so many different comedy aspects about life or about anything and I think he writes really well in general I've told him that before actually and he wrote a brilliant article ironically about Rovers and Sligo and he wrote a very funny article about uh, the, the mascot Hoopman a couple of years ago and uh, that's Jason he just has to give it the gab and yeah he's, he's, he's an all round good guy so you're saying that um, Maloney is a bit of um, an iconic figure in the club would you think he's as iconic as Hooperman say for example I'd say so like I mean you wouldn't know if he was doing the role or not because uh, you know he's as I said he's got the gift of the gab he's you know he's, he's, he's a good laugh overall and yeah do you know he types all his articles up for the programme on his phone 
Uh, that wouldn't surprise me because he's got a good way of words and as I said myself like many other fans love to hear what he has to say because he writes some great stuff so. I know I'm trying to get him to get a laptop but he hasn't moved up to that level of technology well yet. you see you can't you see old school people do their, their best work in what they know very good Luke um, would you uh, talking about Hooperman would you ever be willing to do Hooperman yourself I'm sure he wouldn't want to give it a go I mean it's uh, it's 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 a very rewarding role I'd say you know because you're getting to meet all the families you know, keep them come back to the games, keep everyone happy, get the crowd going. Sure, it's yeah, it's it's I'd say it's a great job in itself. He looks like he enjoys himself, doesn't he? I could I, I can I can see that. Yeah, I mean, he's running around the place, having a laugh and chatting to people, and it's a people's person's role, and it's a good people's person role to evaluate fans and get them to evaluate you and get everyone on your side and get you know get the team going, sporting. Do you think you'd fit into the costume? Uh, I'd hope so. I mean, I'm doing few boot camps a week and playing football so yeah I'd like to think I'd be able to fit in there yeah Hooperman's a fit sort of character is he by the looks of it yeah absolutely I've, I've heard a few Hulk Hogan theme songs banged out in the office in the past walking by so yeah I'd like to think it's it yeah um, the fans love him though I don't ever hear anybody slagging him or anything like that have you ever heard anyone slagging him yourself uh, I'd say only the Bose fans but uh, you know I'd, I'd, I'd say that's chalk and cheese you know but uh, with the Rovers fans now it always seems to be a wave and a laugh and yeah, you know good rapport as they say so it's a bit dangerous for him now when he's down the Bose end uh, I think secretly they actually really like him you know I think they've t- I think they've warmed him over the years probably <laughs> <laughs> do um, do you listen to the podcast I do actually uh, I kind of sporadically listened at the beginning um, because I was kind of I wasn't a massive podcast kind of fan as such but uh, the one thing I actually love about it is and I think it's what Rovers lacked over the years is it's great to see um, the, the lads take on something that everyone can to listen to because I don't really see it with other clubs, you know, let alone in the League of Ireland. And, you know, I know Premier League clubs do it, but not all clubs do it, or even higher or medium you know, level league clubs. So uh, I think I'm an avid fan uh, over the last year or so, and uh, I think the lads bang out a brilliant podcast. And what I love about it the most is you know, they're trying to get every legend, past, present player, players today, and the way they interview them, I just think their interviewing skills are brilliant because they're crisp, There's like it's it's a very funny show, it's charming, it's got a bit of everything, and uh, the lads are a credit to themselves, it's a great show. Yeah, they have a great chemistry between them, haven't they, um, Gary Parsons and Carl Riley? They do, you know, they're, 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 they're chalk and cheese, like they're absolutely brilliant, and uh, I love the way they bounce off each other, but they're just, when they want to be funny, they're funny, and then they're bang on the money with great facts and figures and how they just like kind of replicate everything it's that's what makes a great formula for a show and uh yeah fair play to them let's get you down to johnny blues someday i had the pleasure of being down there myself i've never been but i've I've heard a lot of good things and i've heard a lot of uh good stories and i i mean i've heard that michael d higgins was down there or so someone saying that he was michael d higgins was down there so (laughs) from what i heard well it would not surprise me uh just the last question for you there luke um are you optimistic about the future of shamrock rovers uh, I am yes absolutely because I think um, I mean I don't want to I don't want to come out and say we're going to win the league this year because I, I, I want that every year but I find with the Rovers fans is there's a massive demand for the title obviously because we are the biggest uh, club in Ireland and I'm sorry to Dundalk fans but I just don't see it that way regardless of what they've won the infrastructure is here the social media side I think is improving every single year the fans will always you know stick with you thick and thin the south stand is a massive surge of you know um invention of what the fans are bringing to it uh, I just feel that there's a lot of good things coming down for Rovers because I feel as the biggest club in this country you know they're building every year on the squad around the football ground what you know it entails with social media or you can see the way fans want to get involved there's always something happening 
And I think if you keep that train going, which I know we will, you know, I know we can get back to, I don't want to use nostalgia as an effect here, but I know we can get back to those Michael O'Neill days. And as I said, I don't like looking back, but life's about going forward and that. And I won't ramble on too much here, but I really feel we can get back to that Europa League. I don't think we're massively far away. You know, there's a great backbone there, Alamanis, Grace, um, Jack Byrne, and then up front we can keep keep improving. And then, you know, the new South stand, the resurgence of the main stand, you know, more new fans coming in, you know, the Huberman mascot role, you know, the junior hoops, this and the other. There's so much good little elements in there that this club is building and building and building. And you can see what it means to you know, fans, volunteers, everyone involved. There's a lot going for this club. And I really feel in the next five years, yeah, you'll definitely see a league title. But also, we haven't won the FAI Cup since 87. So that's a massive burning, you know. Apple there, uh, so yeah, we can, we can, yeah, this, we can get there. Of course, we can. Well, on that very positive note, we'll just uh, call it an end. So, and thank you very much, Luke. Much obliged. Thank you, and it's uh, it's a pleasure, and hopefully, three points tonight. Yeah, so that was the gog again, and fantastic stuff from him stepping in. Yeah, great to hear from Luke. Uh, very complimentary about the podcast, wasn't he? Yeah, it was. He uh, called us charming and great interviewers. Yeah, he was. Uh, uh, it's great. High praise from from mm. Luke. So. Big shout out to him. We're going to have to drag him to one of these European games now. He's only been to Italy. He needs to be getting to more than that. Ah, uh, we have to. Yeah. It's it's yeah. it's standard nowadays, isn't it? You have to get to Europe. And He uh, also was a big fan of our uh, Leon the Professional artwork last week. Remember that was there? Or the week before last. Yeah, that had, that'd be a great poster, wouldn't it? That was our, our SoundCloud pick. So one thing Sean Callan, not known as Rocky Films. Remember he didn't get uh, Ivan Drago. How do, you know, how do people not know Ivan Drago? Yeah, that's one thing, but... I was close, you. One thing about not knowing Rocky, but everyone should see Leon the Professional. Everyone? Everyone! So the first half shall analyse it. And once again, Greener getting hammered by the fucking Linus. And he was onside. He was, he was too good. It was too good of a run. And he was just onside. And uh, he buried it, but... I saw a screenshot. It looks close. He's not, onside, Prof. Shut up. Not, right. not as clear as a dairy one. He was well onside, though. It was close, but I think I, I put him on. And uh, you can't get any luck at the moment. But overall, the first half, like, Jesus, Sligo were terrible. And Bucco was just... It was, it, was like, it was like one of those 80s silent movies that are in black and white, and he's just walking in the rain. And his hair is all slicked back and he's just sad and he looks around to the corner wistfully and he's like... Cutting a forlorn figure. Okay, exactly. He didn't want to be there. I didn't think him, don't think him spoke once. And I was close enough to him. Like, so, jeez, um, he, didn't, he didn't want to be there at all. But we were excellent throughout the whole first half and um, perfect time to score. 29 minutes, 1-0 from Car- from Bourne's corner. I love scoring just before the half because it gives you that bit of momentum going into the dressing room. Even if it's a... An equaliser, it's it's an excellent time to score a goal. But we, we really did hop off them in the first half, play some excellent football, and uh, Jack Bourne just made us tick. He really, really did. The way he can just stroke balls around is is amazing to watch. As I said, I didn't see the first half, but by other parts, we were extremely dominant without really creating anything. No, we didn't really create much to say, but he, he literally just stroked balls around for fun, getting on the ball, torn, like just... It was it was all action display. Like it was, he was excellent to watch. It was a joy to watch, as they say. How clever was Dan Carr with his feet for this goal? Yeah, I don't know how he turned around and ended up getting a volley and burying this because 
it, it came at my pace. There was players in front of him, and it was a first time volley from a corner. I replayed this few slightly times. behind them as well. Yeah, I replayed this a few times. It just looks like a loose ball. If you pause it when the ball lands, right? The Harps players are kind of looking a bit relieved. They're like, oh, this will either be cleared away or it'll rebound off someone. Before anyone knows it, it's in the back of the net. Yeah, I was shocked now. So, delighted with that. Like I said, great time to score a goal and going in with a bit of momentum for the second half. Good to see the backflip and Todd again. The backflip, yeah. The, the moonsault. McAniff certainly enjoyed it. See that picture? Yeah, he's loving it. Great photos, some great photography as well, once again. So, we'll move on to the second half and... Uh, we had a couple of car chances as well. I thought uh, Trevor Clark was back to his best as well. His marauding self. He wasn't turning back when he was getting forward. His best game since he's been back yeah, from injury. Yeah, definitely agree with you there. Because he, like against Pats, he would get forward and take on his man and turn back and keep, fair enough, he'd keep possession. But ooh, it's not what Trevor does. Trevor goes at his man and attacks him and whips balls in. So um, There's plenty of other chances. Like the two car ones you mentioned. Green or Dragman wide. Like an if Dragon He's wide. very unlucky, wasn't he, Greener? Yeah. The way he struck it. Watts hit the post. So that, that's three games round now where we could have won five or six nil. A plethora yeah. of chances. Is that a dinosaur? <laughs> it's that's I mean, we are creating chance after chance and that's something that we possibly struggled with last year, whereas we might get the odd goal and we we might get the three points that we didn't really create anything this we are creating chances for fun. Someone so, is getting a hammering soon. Someone is getting walloped. Now, Carl Curran's brother is visiting Tala in a couple of weeks, so you've been warned, pal. Oh, yes, he has. I think, I won't say, I won't say the the four-letter word that we all dread. Could we hammer balls? No. But we're, um, we're going to move on to uh, the goal. 64 minutes, Ronan Finn. Excellent work. Boy, Greener and laid off to Finn. Well, Byrne involved again. He started the move. Yeah, the pass before the assist, as, mm-hmm. as we call it. And um, some great stuff by Greener to lay it off and Finner sliding it in to the bottom corner. Beanie did get a hand to it. Yeah, he did. He got it. He got it. Do you know what? See when keepers get that much of a hand to it, they should be saving it. Because he got a good palm. He looked poor. Yeah, he did. He looked poor. It was a good palm, like a good... F- a good fist, you know, he got to it. So, Do you see him shouting obscenities at the ball boy? No. Trying to get the ball back. That, you was, to? that was Tommy Kelly's young for the. Oh, you yeah. want to be careful, Mitchell. Yeah. And that was the first goal from open play into the new stand. Girl. Tommy has him trying well. Fourth goal from open play into the new stand. Prof mm. with the stats again. And who came on for Danny Gare with uh, 10 minutes to go? Number 17. Joel Coustron. <laughs> the looks I got for that. <laughs> Rochi looks had, yeah they look over there like who the fuck is that idiot? I had that was the only way I could get there's a little plug I could get in to make people know that already this is the podcast guy on the fucking PA someone barred had, a barrage of of uh, plugs someone had a goge on Twitter over there I saw it I know he thought he said Jesus the pronunciation was terrible he thought, was, he thought I was being genuine but then people replied and were like well if you listen to the podcast you get a good laugh out of that um, yeah, so uh, just little passages of play and everything about the, the slow game, it all clicked. And then on 82 minutes, we had Bourne with a little 1 2. Was it Watts with the 1 2? Yeah, it was a throw in 1 2 with, yeah. with Cavo. And then a 1 2 with Watts and Bourne. And then curled around into the top corner. Absolutely gorgeous. Belter. Belter, cracker, screamer. No, I wouldn't say a screamer. A screamer is you'd regard a screamer as a 
as a powerful shot, wouldn't you? Mm, this that was placed. That was placed into the top corner, caressed. The ball was caressed into the top corner. It's getting sexual now. Couldn't be. <laughs> there, was, there was love made in Tallis Stadium that night. Um, Do you know why I, I kept replaying the goal? Obviously because it was so good, but did you hear the noise off the crowd? When it goes in, it's not so much a cheer; it's a, oh. it's a collective wow. <laughs> Brilliant and yeah. Bourne's performance. I mean, I can't think of a better midfield performance mm. in ever. Like, I mean, more dominant and creative display from a midfielder. I can't think of anything. Absolutely people, ran the show. People were talking about Mick Bourne being the last, or or Pat Bourne being the last one. Yeah, he kept drifting in from the right, which we were kind of basing his performances early in the season. We thought might be a problem. Like, is he effective out there? But if he keeps doing that and then picking out players, some of his true balls were outrageous. See that little clipped one over the top? Ah, I had backspin on it and all. The backspin. Last person I saw that was Key Fatty. The backspin. It just, it was going out and then it just came back. I was just looking at it. It's just like, the amount of people are probably looking at me up there going, what's wrong? All they could hear is me going, ah. Oh. <laughs> like those. And they're like, now the mic is still on, Gary. Those passes, yeah. <laughs> I had to check that a couple of times. Those passes that look like they're too pacey and look like they're going out and they just go right into the path of the guy that he intended mm. it for. They're just a thing of beauty. True ball, mm. heaven. Great but, that the goal went straight up on social media as well because yeah. you need that sort of thing. Like hearing about a great goal on Friday on Twitter and then waiting until Monday, we were really stuck in the Stone Age. Yeah. Also, a lot of people point out how good it was to see him run straight to Brazzer and celebrate with him. Like Bolger was hanging out of him, but he was made a beeline for yeah. the, the, the dugout. And Brazzer said afterwards that mm. he had told him to shoot. He'd been telling him, listen. Mm. I know he was only saying to the lads beforehand, saying he'd prefer an assist to a goal. And he actually said that after the game. He says, oh, I, like, I like getting the old assist, and I probably prefer an assist to a goal. Mm. And you can tell by his, by his style, that's, that's what he loves. He loves setting up goals. It was just before that goal, wasn't it, where he should have shot. And there was one in Richmond as well. Yeah, the one with Danny Carr, Richmond, and yeah. the one just before that. Yeah, he prefers an old assist. Again, just on the the Jack Byrne Brazzer relationship, I mean, comparisons are obviously going to be made with Graham Burke now, a player who came back home, reinvigorated his career, and got an Ireland call up. Although Jack has done it a year and a half faster than Graham did. But, uh, like, remember Graham's comments at the time? All he did was he kept thanking Brazzer again and again and again. He kept crediting Bradzer. We'll have to give Bradzer credit for this because Bradzer was one of these guys. Bradzer was one of these wonder kids who was destined for big things and it never worked out because of a couple of things, a couple of reasons. But maybe he knows how to rein them in. He knows how mm. to nurture them, which seems to be the case. He's done it with Graham Bourke, a prodigy when he was younger. Came home after, you could say, a failed spell in England and mm. got back abroad with some fantastic football and played his best football at Rovers. He's doing the same with Jack Bourne. So I think he knows how to get into the head of a big personality with a, with big talent. Credit to him for forging great relationships with these two lads. Yeah, that's... That's so kind of a double point I wanted to make. If we're going to hold Brazzer to account in terms of like game management and all that, well then we should counterbalance that by giving him a lot of credit for the way he's... Uh, reinvigorated these two players and if you notice what Tommy Kelly's been going on about recently he, he boom boom <laughs> he's been kind of saying like why don't we sing uh, Brazzer's name anymore and I'm kind of on board with this yes yeah, like, so I'm totally you almost never hear Stephen Bradley's Green White Army now 
Something could be birthed. So I just think like if we're gonna bus. if we're gonna go on a bad one one result and we're gonna get the banners out and so on and so on. Well then the flip side, we're winning, we're playing great football, we're top of the league. Let's sing the Gaffer's name again. Yeah, I think so. Totally agree with you. I mean top of the league, why wouldn't we? Um Don't have to sing Bradley Ola, just you know Don't even utter do, that do your own that thing. term. <laughs> I believe. <laughs> so yeah, that that was Jack O'Bourne, the Ballybock bomber. Who um, else do you think played well now? Uh, I thought Greg Bulger was excellent again. Um, yeah, Joey and Finner, really good again. Jo- Joey and like Finner just runs for days. Joey again. Do you know what? We have to mention everybody because that was the most complete performance in years. Bar Alan Manis, who could have had fucking a nap. You but, actually could have tied a hammock to the goalpost. <laughs> yeah. And just had an old snooze. An old pina colada. Gives a shout when the ball's near, lads. Virtually nothing to do. Nothing to do. And that's the one thing we were saying. It's the most complete performance. Everybody was on it. Everybody was on it. Like, I thought, I'm loving Greener's performances lately. I think they're brilliant. The way he holds up the ball, the way he hassles defenders, he's a fucking nuisance. He's a nuisance. And eventually, I reckon, when one goes in, a few will go in for him. He's just been really unlucky with some, some blatant chances, I'll say that. But some chances that haven't gone his way as regards to referees' calls, I think he's been brilliant. Um, yeah, yeah, he's missed an open goal. Let's call it what it was. Mm-hmm. It was an open goal, but he's had two goals ruled out. Unfairly chopped off. Yeah, he's been sent off after half an hour for no reason in yeah. a derby. I, I think uh, I fancy him on Friday, but th- like I said, you can't really. It's hard to single people out because mm-hmm. they're. Were brilliant. Did you see those match ratings? I think it was the Irish Daily Star. Absolute head case. 70 gave Jack Bourne. This isn't an unusual thing though, Garrett. I often see this in the paper. Just like arbitrary numbers. I think they might be computer generated. I reckon he... Um, not even joking. I reckon his mate was at the game and he goes, what's thinking of? Who stuck out? And he goes, right, uh, I don't know, McAdef. Or I give him an A. Everyone, Everyone got else. seven. Everyone else gets seven. It was like football manager when you win 2-0. At home to a bottom of the table team. Yeah. And everyone gets seven. <laughs> and one person gets eight. He was like, ah, he was slightly better than everyone else. No, absolute bullshit ratings for me anyway. But uh, the Sligo performance was bereft of any effort and guile or anything. There's nothing about him. A bar John Mahan playing centre half, thought he was really good. Looks a prospect. Have you ever seen a Liam Buckley side so feeble? They, were, they just rolled over and got... Barely though, it was couldn't get the ball out of their own half. Awful, most awful of the time. to watch. And I thought Cochrane endeavoured up front. Other than that, no, there, was, there was nothing. They gave Romeo Parks the hook at half time. Um, yeah, no, it was just nothing to talk about with them. Nothing, nothing positive. Bar John Martin playing relatively well at centre half in a in a poor team. And I think we he, he was on our radar last season, and we we couldn't lure him to Tallis Stadium. So I'd be looking at him in the future. But uh, Shane Keegan said he's never seen a Buckley side have so little possession. So, uh, very true from him. Shane Keegan's one of the voice of reasons in the league, I think. Buckley must have thought he's back at that long town in the late 90s. Oh, I can't see him lasting. He didn't look happy at all. Just didn't make one bit of noise. Didn't shout once. I mean, doesn't bark instructions. He's just kind of just rambling about the, the, the technical area. I will say though, every time someone doubts Bucko, he does come back and produce. Now they won't be relegated, put it that way, but it's it's still uh, He's been down before and he's proven. Uh, he's around. only in the job, I mean but, three uh, months. He probably will do well, but I've yeah. never seen some so 
just no no enthusiasm whatsoever. Like mm. it's, it was it was striking. Um, and not a peep out of my post in the forum, and nothing from Darren Glennon on Facebook lately. I know. What's it's, that about, here? It's a uh, it's a strange one, all right. I await mm. their next posts. It's almost as if, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. They possibly thrive on bad results, or this, listen, am I being out of line here? Or? There could be people like that. Yeah, I think yeah. so. I think some people mm. enjoy that masochists and and, and that, yeah. and they enjoy the pain. Um, the official attendance was just near three and a half thousand, so we're we're still keeping up some good uh, some good gates. At at the time now, I thought the crowd was poor. I thought as well, because when I was looking around, I couldn't see much. But I think the main stand made up the majority of it, and then the south stand looked a little bit bare at times. But there was great noise coming from the south stand. I give them that. Sligo, you could hear them as well, saying they're they're the only rovers and all that. But um, yeah, happy with that. Happy with three and a half. On a wet, wet Friday night. So other results. We have Waterford 2, St. Pat's nil, And uh, thanks for that prediction, Prof. Yeah. You're welcome. We had, Where are we now on the Tipping League bottom? I think we're 19 or something like that. But there's not much in it. One good week will, will, will do you. Yeah, Jake is back on top again. He's like the Jordan Belfort of the Rovers. The Rovers boys. Dodgy accountant. Um, Derry City nil. Dundalk too so Dundalk are starting to motor on Murray again Murray again yeah I told we, we had a feeling this fellow was going to be a good sign I think that Oriel Park game between us two oh, is going to start oh, 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 it's going to start building it's going to be good I say we're, it's not scheduled for TV I don't think I think away to Cork and Derry or an RTE unless it's on Air Sport I don't remember but I think it's going to get so big it's going to be televised to watch both of our results in the lead up to it we're going to be on good streaks yeah uh, we had my pick of the week was UCD 3 Finn Harps nil. Prof I hope you like that pick I also picked that one for the record no <laughs> you need to get your finger out Prof uh, there's money at stake here with Cork City 2 that was UCD's first win of the season got them off the bottom of the table That's that was our that was our prediction point that was why we picked it wasn't it we were looking at it thinking it has to be it has to be our first win of the season and then we had Cork City 2 versus the Choir Boys and they beat them 2-0 in Turner's Cross. The Bowes bubble has burst. It's burst. Uh, back down to 500 in the Jody. No poets spouting any words of wisdom from the from the stands. And the Krusties have gone back to Mordor. <laughs> so after impressing them at the Sligo game, Mick McCartney said that Jack Bourne would definitely be in consideration for future squads. Then Callum O'Dowd withdrew because of injury. Jack was drafted in to the Euro 2020 qualifiers against Gibraltar. On Saturday in Georgia and Tuesday, Collins performance against Sligo a master class. He said he'd have no problem giving him a role on Saturday as well. Boy, that escalated quickly. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I mean, I think Jack, I think Mick was a fan of Jack anyway. And he's just waiting for an excuse. And that mm. performance is really fucking throw him in. And he could play a part, I mean, against, you the, the, what, what are you, if you're Irish, what are Gibraltar people? Gibraltis? No, they're not Mexican anyway. Gibraltians. Sorry, Sean Callan. <laughs> Gibraltians? Is that one? No. Gibraltarians. Either way, he's gonna be. He could knock it around a couple of postmen and fucking plumbers or whatever. That's someone pointed out. If you can do it against Sligo, ah, he can do it against. Of course, thirty thousand. As they said, thirty thousand population. I definitely think he could. Robbie Keane trained with him as well because he was called up a few years ago. He was called up to train the squad. I don't think it counted as a. Like a official call up or whatever, but 
Also, do you notice as well, like, the two call-ups, uh, the additional ones that Mick McCarthy made, they weren't in his provisional squad. It's kind of weird the way he went about that. Like, Paul Jammon, for example, he was in the provisional squad. Yep. Then cut. Then Jack You've a, you a gripe with these provisional squads, don't you? Oh, I hate the 38-man especially. Well, I mean, let me be more specific about my gripe. First-time call-ups to a provisional squad and then cut. What is the point in that? Yeah. Now, do you know what? What you what they could turn around to you and say is that okay, well, this is our little indication that we have our eye on you, that mm. you're in the thirty eight man squad. If you kick on and do well and play well and do well and, and proceed to to play well even more, so you could be in the, the twenty eight man. Like that's and then the twenty three man. You know that type of thing. That's the only thing I could think of. But what do you tell your friends and family though? Like. Were you called up or not? <laughs> because you're, you're getting the pats in the back and the congratulations, well done. But then, no, you're not actually part of the squad that travels. So what was the point of any of it? <laughs> Prof's, uh, Prof has a bean, his bonnet about the squad, all right. So, Anger. Yes. Who was the last League of Ireland player Ooh. to play a competitive match for the Republic of Ireland senior team? Only said this in the last show. Oh fuck! He's been in here. Oh, I know. Uh, no, seen it. Pat Byrne in 1985. Pat Byrne, the midfield maestro of the 80s, and um, so we have a resident songwriter. That's that's quite uh, that's quite ballsy, ballsy, isn't it? Resident mm. songwriter Jason Maloney, uh, potential song for Jack to the tune of Johnny Cash's Ring of Fire. Born, 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 Jack Bourne's on fire. I'll let, you, I'll let you sing it in your own head, that mm-hmm. could. As he says, we sing it anyway, at games. Yeah, we, I think he needs a song. I think our Live Forever potential is going to kick off on the bus as well. Or do we actually sing it at games, or do we just play it at games? Uh, over the don't think we actually no, sing it. No, I don't think it, we do. No, no, it's just a Robert song, we never sing it. Not that I think I think of, anyway. But we Trevor Clark was already in the 21 squad for the qualifier and Brandon Kavanagh was on standby and he ended up being included. So that's three players out for Harps on Friday. And so the debate began on or off. WhatsApp groups were hopping and it wasn't with smut. It was with opinions on Pick both sides. Yeah. Get off the fence. Yeah. Fair enough, there's a bit of smut mixed in. but Especially at halftime in a Sligo game. <laughs> Still, there was mostly all opinions and a lot of people were happy enough to have the game called off because... I think what it came down to was people's opinions were are possible two best players on their day playing well. Will we go up to Finn Harps without them? But I personally, I mean, I was thinking we would probably call it off. But then when the when the rescheduled date came out it was a Monday in April, I didn't yeah. fancy that at all. That was the factor for me. Now. That was the big one for me. I don't want to fa- I don't fancy going up there on a Monday. And now we've got a gang of lads going up, three buses, planes, trains, and automobiles. Good, good, good support going up on Friday night. And I think it's the best time to go in. We've got <laughs> fantastic replacements. What's straight? We might as well do our team predictions now. Like we know what's going to happen. It's going to be born. It's going to be Watson for born. It's going to be Cavo in for Trev. And the bench, you could say it's slightly weakened. Brandon Cavanaugh wouldn't have started anyway. No. So, I think it was Marcel, Byrne and Clark that we were thinking. Yeah. But uh, we're four points clear, chance to go seven. I think this is a brave, brave move by Bradley. And this is something we spoke about earlier on, is that we could end up looking back on this at the end of the season. Masterstroke or 
Well, I was disaster. initially I was initially against the game being played because I thought the risk of embarrassment wasn't worth it. That's it. Like I think a, a, a fan, like you could look at Ollie Horgan could look at this now. One, one of the like, like Jason Maloney said, he said we could be right in their team talk for them again. You know these dubs coming up here with three players selected. Everyone else called their game off. They mm. reckon they come up here get a handy yeah. three points. To me, that was the crux of the matter. Every other game has been called up, even teams with two under-21 internationals. We've got a player called the Bleeding Senior Team, three players missing, and we're still playing. So it might appear arrogant. But on the other hand, you talked about the rescheduling of the game. We do have a gap week, I think, in May or something, is it, where we were supposed to play Harps at the home. The 10th, yeah, May 10th. If we had slot in there, maybe. But as you say, if it's just going to be shoehorned into that Monday... Not where chance. we we might get injuries anyway. Yep. Well, then I've actually kind of changed my tune on this now. I'm I'm thinking go ahead. Blake. You gotta admire the Bradzer's gumption to just want to get it done and get the game play. He just wants to play ball and he's confident. I mean, if you could think of it as well, think of it like this. So let's say he did call the game off. How how does that make the squad feel? How does that make Watts and Cabo feel? Like I mean, if he called that off. He's pretty much saying, I'm not confident with the squad that I have to go up and beat these. I'm not confident with the squad that I have to go up and beat these. Is that what he's saying if he calls the game off? Well, when the team comes out and we're up at Harps and we're going to look at our bench, we will sort of think, like, I hope we have this game put to bed yeah. by half time yeah. because you'd be nervous. Because we've got, I mean, we, we, we'll, we'll discuss our bench in a while, but yeah, that's, that is another thing as well. That's the discussion. But I think the 250-odd drunken hoops could cheer them on and mm. hopefully they'll notice the the nutters in the crowd and that'll give them some sort of inspiration. All on the one bus. All on the one bus, yeah. And uh, the 21 game is in Tallaght on Sunday, 5pm. Stephen Kenny's first competitive game in charge. Gavin Bazuno is in there too. Free admission to season ticket holders, so get on down. My head to that. We're, we're, we're doing a show on Sunday. Yeah, so uh, go down there and pack Tallah Stadium, and um, I, I reckon it'll be a good attendance, because it's a lot more accessible, it's a lovely stadium, nice facilities, I mean, it's great to go and watch on the 21s there, so some really good players in the squad as well. Yeah, why not head down, I mean, it's free in if you're season ticket holder or something. And then we have the Rovers and the 19s, they got their first win of the season, 2-0 and Kerry, thanks to goals from Olua and Daniela Bogdanov, delighted that other fella didn't score. No, oh, he's a 17s. Absolutely, oh no. So he's still my. All right, hold on. So we had a 4 0 win for Tony Cousins under 17s and Kerry. Goals for Noonan, Sinclair Armstrong, and Ola Kanye. Yes, Grant. Ah, your pal Cole. He didn't score. <laughs> Cole didn't score, yeah. no. So the 15s game in Warford was called off due to an unplayable pitch at the RSC, which is quite surprising considering the, war- the RSC has been voted the best pitch a couple of times in the last few years. So the rain has taken its toll on that. We had well done to the under 13s go off to a good start in the new league. We've Naj Razi scored the only goal as early as the fourth minute against Waterford at the Roadstone. They went on to get the three points. So all these underage games took place on Saturday and not Paddy's Day as they were scheduled. So the 19s played Cabantini this Saturday, 3 p.m. at the Roadstone. Pints. The 17s are away to Cabantini Saturday, 2 p.m. And the 15s play Cabo Saturday 7pm at the Roadstone Pints and the 13s are away to Cabo Sunday at 2.30 so that's the schedule and jam-packed schedule isn't it, it really Cabo is. quadruple 
Cabo quadruple, yeah, it really is kicking off, isn't it? So, um, Rovers have a player in every Ireland squad from the 15th upward at the moment. So here is the role of honour, you could say. It's Jack Bourne in the senior squad. We've Trevor Clark and Brando Kay in the 21s. Aaron Bulger, captain of the 19s, who played today, I think, Romania. Mm-hmm. As we speak, they are playing. And we'll try and get that result up. Yeah, so I think they, uh, they were winning 2-0 last time we checked. Uh, Andrew Spain is in the 18s. James Forlong and Toby Owens are in the 17s. Um, we've Oshie in hand, Kevin Platon, Adam Wells and Sinclair Armstrong in the 16s. And Ben Curtis, John Ryan, oh God, Edwin, Agbaje, Ag... Just call him Ed. Uh, Eddie, Eddie, go to, uh, Eddie Agbaji, Michael Leddy in the 15s. So, uh, absolutely scattered with internationals. Mm. Michael Leddy, was that our... Uh, Academy Player of the Year remember that was one of our yeah that was a question that Greener got wrong wasn't it so uh, we move on to our hashtag loan watch next and Dean Williams didn't score believe it or not at loan on Friday and they won 1-0 away to Bray and uh, rave reviews coming out of Lissy Wallen for a young C block and Aaron Bulger missed a penalty for Cardiff under 23s and Sean Boyd and Sean Callan got 90 minutes under their belt for Harps and Wexford respectfully and <coughs> Uh, we uh, we saw uh, Greg Bolger and Sean Boyd doing the quiz on Tuesday, and then afterwards we said, "See you Friday," and then Sean Boyd says, "But well, you don't see me on Friday because mm-hmm. part of his loan agreement means he can't play against us." So Shawnee Boyd won't play on the Friday, and um, our League Cup second round tie with Bray Wanderers at the Carlisle Grounds will be played on Monday, April first. So that is in. So that is a. Uh, that's the Carlisle Grounds Monday, April fourth for our League Cup second round toy. That's Bray's Cup final with the Seagulls. Uh, if we get past Colester, you can't give me a lip to Colester, can you? In the Lancer Senior Cup, we play either Fairhurst Clover, Sheriff, YC, or Drogheda United in the quarters. So that is one for the young guns. When are we going to play this game? I don't know. I'm sure you love this cup, so I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, there was a piece in the Irish Daily Mail featuring Ken Doherty. He recalled bribing a former Busby Bay with cola bottles to get him into the Red Lower Park and selling programmes at Milltown. And uh, yeah, good old Ken Doherty. Um, yeah, so up next we have our Quifties draw for the final 16. And uh, it's Greg Bulger and Sean Boyd. So we're at the Roadstone once again for questions from the East End, but there's no quizzes today, it's only the draw for the last 16. And we have Greg Bulger and Sean Boyd here to help us do it. And both of you were knocked out by last year's finalists, Davey McAllister and Joey O'Brien. Rob. Do you think you can improve on your performance this year, Greg? Yeah, I thought it was Rob last year. Um, <laughs> Davey, yeah, I don't know. Don't think, you think the question's favouring but um, the question I got wrong that dummy was Ronald Finn not scoring a European goal, which is kind of hard to believe when the game is place. That still stings. That still stings. Still, <laughs> still in the back of the mind. But um, hopefully this year now I'll have a better run of it, yeah. Struggles to sleep at night. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm, I was actually happy with how I got on last year. <laughs> so, whatever. If Joey knocks me out of one of the finest, knock me out again. I don't care. So what we've been doing is we've been tipping people all... Every, we've been getting the players to tip people. So we're going to ask you, Greg, who are you tipping to go all the way? There's uh, not many. There's not many brain boxes there. Um, <laughs> I'd say I'd say Joey I'll give it a Joey you know knows a lot about that you know what I mean Johnny who's your tip I said Sean Cavanagh um, a bit of a dark horse so you must surprise a few people 
did knock out uh, Luke Byrne last year. So. True. Which, yeah. Totally. Yeah. Nobody expected that one. Yeah. So, Sean, describe the scene here. We're going to, for those listening at home, now the draw is going to be made. And we've got, I think it's a, a beer pitcher, isn't it? <laughs> it's a pitcher of beer here. So, um, describe the scene here for the fans at home and what's going on. Me? Yeah. <laughs> um, no, we're just sitting in Mozone here. Greg's having a coffee. The cup is in front of us. Uh, we're just trying to pick out the names and see who, who gets who. So, looking forward to it. So, Greg, we'll yeah. let you inspect the balls, make sure everything is fair and proper because we've been accused of school doubling before. So we're gonna there's, a few, there's a few warm ones here, a few cold ones. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's and, um, yeah, so, we're going to make sure that each number is the same as that player's jersey number and you'll notice that car was too cheap to buy brand new ping pong balls yeah. we just scribble over the ones from last year so <laughs> that's we didn't get the ones that we need so car is going to pour 16 balls into the SRFC ultras bag yep very technical procedure so we're going to ask Greg to give him a good rattle give him a, give the old ball bag a shake there and draw the first name out of bag and we will get the draw underway go ahead Sean 26. That's uh, Sean, Sean Callan. So we've Sean Callan. Greg, go. Number seven. Dylan Watts. Where's, the, where's the, the trophy? Stick them over the Yeah. So we've Dylan Watts and Sean Callan. Next again. up, go again, Sean. Five. Lee, is it? Lee Grace. Lee Grace, the Rolls Royce of Irish football. I'll take this, I'll take him now. <laughs> Number four. Pigo. Ah, Lopez. The centre half pairing. Should be an interesting battle. Genius. 19 Sean Boyd's picked out his own ball. I'm going to mess not take this one actually. Number 11. Number 11. Sean Cabinet. He picked out his own team. 24. 24. That's the end, The young prodigy. Number 10. Aaron Mack. Aaron Mack. Aaron Mack. Take Aaron Mack. Interesting matchup. Six. Oh, okay. Well, I'll draw. Number nine. To be Greg Bulger. Interesting. Interesting matchup. You can practice in the house over the road. Number two. Number two, we have Ethan Boyle. Thinks he knows anything yet. <laughs> Fellow Wexford native. Seventeen. Joe. Joe Elkustrom. So the last two matches. Twenty-eight. That's Joe, isn't it? Number twenty-eight. Joey O'Brien. Home draw. Number three. Number three. Sam Bone, easy one. Sam Bone. Oh, true already. <laughs> and finally. Last two balls. Number one, big Al. Big Al. Big Al. Oh, I don't know what it is. Big Al's name's Finner, is it? Rowan and Finn. Rowan and Finn. So the draw is officially. We have number 26, Sean Callum versus number 7, Dylan Watts. We have number 5, Lee Grace versus number 4, Pico Lopez. Number 19, Sean Boyd versus number 11, Sean Cavanagh. We have number 24, Dean Dillon versus number 10, Aaron McAniff. Number 6, Greg Bulger versus number 9, Danny Carr. Number 2, Ethan Boyle versus number 17, Joel Coustreau. And we have number 28, Joey O'Brien. 
and number three, Sam Bone. And to finish it off, we big Al Manis. Where's this Ronan Finn? That's the that's the toy of the the, right. the draw, I reckon. Big, big Al, Al Ronan Finn. Finn. Do you agree with that? Toy of the round? Uh, yeah, no, definitely. I think Joey's got to walk over there with Sam. <laughs> um, I've got a hard one with Dan, to be fair. Me and Dan are always kind of challenged to roll in the gaff. So, uh, yeah, it'll be an interesting one. So that, that's it for the draw. Give today. yourself a chance against Sean. Yeah, yeah, I actually would. <laughs> Thinking about it, I'd have. I'd give myself a chance against anyone, but I just mean Cavill's got a bit, so I'm me there. It'll be tough. So that's it for the draw at Rollstone. And next up, we'll, we'll sort out the, the next one ourselves, so keep tuned. So the pick of the bunch, Prof, uh, has to be Finner and Al. And so as you said, have we kind of overrated Finner in these quizzes? I think so. Um, I mean, yeah, he's a UCD graduate, but there's a, there's a lot of humming and hawing. There's a lot of, oh, I know this one. Yeah. Oh, I know, but he doesn't know it. Yeah. So we'll, uh, we'll, we'll leave our opinions at the door for the time being. I'm, pre- I'm predicting the comprehensive win there for Big Al. Who else? What else is we fancy? Danny Carr and Greg Bulger. They'll be both yeah. swatting in the gaff near Rollstone. Yeah. Bit of rivalry there, he said. Bit of rivalry. Uh, prof stats. Hit me with some stats. Well, we said UCD got their first win of the season. So now Harps are looking for their first win. Oh, fuck off. Of the season. Yeah. And they haven't beaten us since the last day of the 28. <laughs> since the last day of the 2008 season. That was a, that was a dead rubber. Okay. Anything else? Yeah. Go on. So we've got five wins in our first seven games. Yeah. We also did that in 2012 and 2016. Okay. 2012, that does include uh, Monaghan. And we have 16 points from our first uh, eight games. Exact same number we got in 2012. Once again, that does include the, the expunged game. So if we do beat Harps, that would be six wins in our first eight games for the first time since 1999. Jesus Christ. And if we make it 19 points, it would be the most since 20 points in 1986. What are you even bother? <laughs> <laughs> oh, moving on. <laughs> you don't seem pleased about this. You don't this. lie, do they? Hey, listen, they're there to be broken. Um, yeah, so we're going to move on and we have our starting 11s and predictions. I mean, I think I know what's going to happen here. It has to be just Watts for Bourne and Cavo mm. for Clarkey. It has to be. That's the way it is. Who was tipping Sam Bowen to play? Was it Tuddy? Oh, Tuddy, I think it was. Yeah, so... Um, I can see his thinking there. I could see it, yeah. Keep it tight. It depends on which, which way they, they put it on, on the pitch, though. But do you fancy um, Pico on a bobbly pitch? And a bit of a, a cabbage patch? So Right, Sam Bowen's going in right <laughs> So we have, uh, that's the start of 11s and predictions, it has to be. I'm going to go, I'm going to go with a scary 3-2 win. Ooh. Scary 3-2 win. One of those roller coasters. Yeah, and the bus to go off a fucking cliff on the way home. <laughs> um, what about you? Same team? Yeah, same team. The obvious two to come in there. And for a score, I'll say I'll go for a mad score. 4-1 win. Ooh, yes. I like it. So... That is the starting limbs and predictions. It's oh, I'm a bit nervous now. Can't wait for it. So our bus, it's uh, sorry, our monthly madness that was postponed a couple of weeks ago will finally take place this weekend. We have the one, the only. He's green. He's white. He knows the balls are shite. Steam Rice, and we have Dunster on to talk ten years 
Atala Stadium, so cannot wait for that one. And I think Dunster alone could lead us into the record books as the guards five hours or six hours. Yeah. So we'll see how we get on. Yeah, so our Harps bus is full and uh, it's a debut of the Tifties Roadshow and it flew, it filled up quite quick, didn't it? Absolutely, yeah, we're packed up. We're packed up and it is going to be um, designated seating. So, Prof, you're down the back. Am I? Yeah, keeping the party going. You put me beside Maloney. No, not a chance. <laughs> not a chance. Double, So you can double team me. No way. Um yeah, so some are doing overnight. I think the Hoops SC are doing overnight. I think Gary Twig are doing an overnight. And there's planes, trains, and not all built. So I'm expecting a big crowd here to cheer on the Hoops. So uh, get, if you're having any doubt about it, send your, send your name in to us. We could find space for you. Mm. Do not hesitate. If you think you can get yourself up to Bally Buffet on Friday night, get your name in to us. We could work something out. We can get you onto a bus. We can get you a lift. We will procure your travel arrangements for you so that is it I was going to say put me in earshot of uh, Barney but then I realised no matter where I sit I'll be able to hear him so <laughs> plus you, you yeah. we'll see how long it takes before uh, certain things happen mm. with him supposedly our last ever trip across the border pre-Brexit girl. this is a tricky one though this is something that we spoke about and that we were stopped by the PSNI last time going up to Derry the ultras were turned away at the border so this could be a bit of a tricky situation. So so that is it for this week. And uh, once again, thanks for listening and keep on hoping. See you. Come out, you black and tan. Come and fight me like a man. Show your wife how you won medals down in Flanders. Tell her how the IRA made you run like hell away. But every man should stand behind the men behind the wire. Come on, Simon! Our cars and tanks and guns came to take away our sons. But every man should stand behind the men behind the wire. Ah, that was grand, that. Yeah, that. Mighty. Double O fucking bollocks. Oh, my God, that was like an advert for the IRA. Who are we going to blame? Find out who booked them and sack her.